you can't wait another minute. You can't put it off another day. Your life is too valuable to forfeit your destiny. So let's start something new. Now, <laughs> let's go. When we are bitten by life unexpectedly, it can often cause damage beyond recognition. And the truth of the matter today is that many of us are living our lives out of the eye. Didn't see that coming experience. The perspective says no. Your faith will say that God is still fighting for me. That when your perspective tries to convince you that you are down and out, your faith will remind you that it is God who has all power in his hands, who is still working things for you. Say it again. The assertion of the fact that mercy is present means this, y'all. Without the existence of mercy, that would be different meaning if mercy wasn't present it would be another way but Jeremiah says that because of the Lord's mercies which now means that we have to shift our outlook and it has to be Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Marissa Farrell, here, and welcome in to another episode of the Your Next Now podcast. I am thrilled to be able to talk to you guys again this week. Um, last week, I was just super swamped, so I did not get a chance to talk to you, but there are so many exciting things that are going on um, in this week, and so many exciting announcements and just things that are going on, so... Um, let's get started. If you do not know by now, um, I have announced that in January of 2023, um, we will be converging. And when I say we, I'm talking about the entire tribe. You are invited. If you are a woman, I don't care if you're seven or 97, um, you're invited to converge on Charlotte, North Carolina with me, my second home. And um, in that time, I believe that we are are being called um, to position ourselves for a place of power and prominence and a place of just absolute surrender um, to God to position us to start our year absolutely off the right way. I'm talking about just the empowerment that you need to get 2023 underway. They say that the way that you enter into a thing is the way that you will end it. And I believe wholeheartedly um, that God really, really, released us and me and my team into this date um in January and I at first I was like once again and this is gonna fall in line with our topic today feeling like uh it's not gonna work it's too soon it's da -da -da -da. we didn't have enough time to put it out but honestly um I believe that it was necessary to kick this off in January because I believe that it is going to liberate so many people and give them just that that momentum that they need to take 2023 by storm. So I'm expecting um, women from all over the country. We already have eight states um, that are registered. And actually today um, I just closed a, a uh, contract or rather a conversation um, with a friend of mine who will be coming from the United Kingdom and she's going to be our social media host. And so it's really just going to be an amazing time because people are really coming, not just from all over this country, but from all over the world. So if you're listening to this podcast and you know a woman who 
who um, needs to be at the Heal Her Conference 2023. If you are a fella, I'm not going to exclude you. You can send a sister. You can gift them a registration, and that information is available on marissaferro.com or if you are a part of my tribe, my inspired tribe, my women who are just here to really set a generational fire, to break chains in your own lives and break chains in your families, and those of you who know that you are anointed to finish it, whoever you are, this invitation is specifically and especially for you, and I just cannot wait um, to see what God is going to do. If you have not seen the lineup, we have speakers like uh, Prophetess Valerie Moore, Evangelist Latrice Ryan, of course. I'll be preaching. We're going to have our morning glory sessions with Pastor Jamila Gooden. Um, I'm going to host the morning glory session. We'll have our VIP session. We're going to have our uh, panel girl talk. She said um, a conversation that's going to be a live podcast recording with uh, First Lady Vivian Jacobs, who you all know is just anointed, and Pastor Candy West. Um, we're going to have a VIP party. The early bird registration is up until November 30th, so make sure you get registered because they're going fast, and I believe that God is really, really just going to show itself strong strong and mighty. So this will begin the Heal Her series of the podcast. Now, I want to be very clear that while the conversation is centered for um, our Heal Her series, Heal Her Bible studies, which are available and which will be available on Inspired TV, um, fellas, if you're listening to this, I think that the information in, in the the knowledge that will be dropped will still be great for you as well. Um, while our focus in this next series is for women, um, or rather titled for women, I believe that the information is universal. And so over the next few weeks, you're going to see some of my conference guests coming on. We're going to start having conversations about what God is saying um, concerning 2023 and concerning um, this next year. And I'm just excited. So this begins the Heal Her series, and we're going to start um posting the Bible study series around them that will be on Inspired TV. Um, but yeah, today I'm going to jump into a topic um, that I believe is going to help to start to deal with some of the inner healing and interpersonal healing that we need to have. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you um, for the time that you've given us to chat today. Thank you for my friends who are listening to this worldwide, my tribe, my sisters, my brothers who are listening to this podcast and who are allowing the power of your healing to flow through their lives, even through um, this recording and this session, this audio segment. Father, I pray that your power would transcend my location and meet them where Wherever they are at the point of their need. And I thank you now for their healing and their deliverance in Jesus name. Amen. So the topic that I wanted to talk about today was something that I think um, is definitely inspired. <laughs> it's inspired by just, you know, some of the things that I talk about here on the podcast are are literally things that I either deal with Um in my life or in my week or in my personal um, self or interpersonal self or things that um, I may see in friends, coworkers, associates, family, things like that, that just trigger certain thoughts and conversations. And this week I want to deal with dismantling the need for approval. Okay. 
So the first thing that I want you to understand um, in, in, thought, in thought process about this is, you know, while I believe the topic says, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory, we want to dismantle this need for approval. The first thing that I think that we have to understand anytime we start to dismantle anything in our lives, I believe that it is important for us to understand not to be so hard on ourselves. So even though the connotation of the topic suggests, yes, we have to in some facet begin to dismantle and even compartmentalize our need for approval. The reality is that everyone in the world seeks approval, all right? And we we're all seeking something. We're seeking love. We're seeking security. We're seeking um, self, you know, love, self-understanding, self-awareness. And so at the end of the day, the first thing that I think that you have to understand for the person who's listening to this right now is that you are not in this by yourself, okay? I think a lot of times when we start to deal with some of the places in our lives that we need advancing in and we need healing in and we need, you know, to, to make changes in, we start to just believe that we're in this by ourselves. The first thing that, you know, I had to do in order to dismantle some of the things in my life and specifically the need for approval is to stop feeling like I have to conceal everything that I feel as a person because the reality is that people will know me um, by my my name but people will identify with me by my scars you know um, so you can know of Marissa Farrell quote-unquote as a preacher but it is a time that I think I spend in podcast conversations or in conversations directly with people who I've interacted with, um, revealing that I'm just like you, that I think helps people more. So in this season of my life, people find me being more vulnerable. They find me being more open. They find me being more honest. I posted something yesterday on my page. And and as I was writing, it was so funny because there were like tears falling down my face. I'm sitting here just, you know, looking how far I've come over this year. And even, you know, in the podcast, for those of you who've been listening, um, you know, I have been talking about going through transitions in my life. And I've feel the best that I felt in a very, very long time. And so I, you know, immediately as I began to write that post, I was like, oh my God, I'm just being too open. I'm being too vulnerable. People are going to look at me and they're going to think, oh, she's not this, she's not that. And the reality is at the end of the day, none of us are much of anything. <laughs> All of us are just people who are sinners saved by grace, trying to hold our faith together, trying to strive to be the best that we can be, trying to figure out this thing called life and trying to be successful along the way. That's who we all are, right? So don't let anybody make you feel like they're so much better than you or make you feel like that you're in this by yourself. You're not, okay? And this is not just, uh, you know, something Marissa said. The reality is that um, it is factually proven through the study of psychology, which you all know is the study of the mind um, and the study of the mind's processes. That suggests that it is natural for us to want approval. Um, each and every one of us are born with emotional needs. Um, we, you know, we are imprinted upon um, as children to have need emotionally right I mean we come out of the womb and many of us are crying there is a need for something to be fulfilled by a parent by by being held by being picked up by being wiped off I mean this is the day you're coming out of the womb you come out of the womb with needs right and so it's natural for every person to have needs and wants because it is innate within us and um you know every person in the world 
is born with needs and on top of uh the emotional needs the first priority is our physical needs right so like you know our day-to-day stuff we have to eat and we have to relieve ourselves in the restroom and we have to you know do certain things to fulfill our physical need well next to the physical need once our uh, core physical needs are met the very next priority in our lives that we are conditioned to fill is our emotional needs. And this is, you know, this is factually based on psychology. So the first thing that you need to know is that you're not in this by yourself because everybody has needs and it's okay to have needs, right? But now here's the thing that differentiates people in having their needs, whether we choose to acknowledge or not, right? We we can have a need. Whether we choose to acknowledge that need and to the degree that we choose to acknowledge that need will determine the desire that we have for validation all right and when we determine that desire that we have for validation it is actually one of the strongest motivating forces that is known to man and this is again if you just read you look this information up you study this is exactly what you're going to find um that you can have a need and not necessarily be the person who has struggles managing those needs okay In other words, some people have better management of their needs than others, but it doesn't mean that they don't need it, right? So have you ever met a person who, you know, acts like they have no emotions, like they're completely blank, like they completely, you know, they're brick wall when you're talking to them, or they're the kind of person who you can sit there and fuss, 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 fuss at, and it looks like they're not intaking it, but then all of a sudden, later on, they'll call you, they'll text you and say, I heard everything you said, or whatever. Like, some people just manage their needs better and if you're not that person that manages your needs well it doesn't necessarily make you weaker than anybody it doesn't make you less than anybody but what it means is that somewhere in your life um there was constant Um, approval or acceptance and rejection from core people in your life. Maybe it was your family, maybe it was, you know, your siblings, maybe it was your friends in school, but whatever, at whatever point there were some sort of constant acceptance, approval, rejection process that went on in your life. And so, you know, the more you go through the process of acceptance and approval and rejection, the more conditioned you become to continue to validate yourself through constant approval, meaning, you know, where this cycle exists, you desire at that point to to win in that cycle. I don't want to face the feeling of rejection. I want to constantly be approved. I mean, how many of us can really, really sit back right now and remember the very first relationship that didn't work for us? And I mean, maybe it was you, maybe it was them. But whatever it was, you remember what it's like to end the relationship and feel that sense of absolute just discomfort for the loss of something that was familiar, um, the loss of companionship. But then the other part of that is the loss of that relationship feeling like it didn't work, right? And so nobody enters into a relationship, even from childhood, with the expectation that it's not going to work, right? You get into a relationship because you expect it to work. At the end of the day, we all have these very innate needs, very conditioned needs for um, approval, But, you know, part of the healing process takes place when we start to identify within ourselves um, that it's healthy 
there is a healthy balance. Let me say that. All right. So there is a healthy balance of approval. Um, I read something this week in preparation for the topic that I thought was so powerful because I have always been a, um, I have always been a, uh, perpetuator let's say that of the idea that you cannot go further forward without first going back all right I have always been um, the person who perpetuated the idea that momentum is found in the pool all right and that's something that I think is so powerful because a lot of times um, and, and this is you know when we start to dive into um, perspective um, because your perspective will help you to accept that you gain more momentum in going back and this is why I believe it's important for everybody to understand that you don't have to have a fear of going back to those places and revisiting those places that cause the initiation of a lot of your pain and a lot of your trauma um, because when you are afraid to go back and revisit those places then you become trapped to the the pain and the trauma that's there um, a lot of times in order to be able to be healed you have to go back to those places where you were first broken where you first you know had that rejection where you first lost that you know respect and, and that feeling um and so at the end of the day momentum is found in the pool okay and so when you're specifically dealing with it from a spiritual perspective there are times in our in our spiritual lives where God has to pull us back in order to carry us further forward right and so um I read something this week that I thought was powerful it says most children were taught from a young age to seek approval from their parents for the things that they said or did and since the need for approval love and acceptance from our parents is so strong we then become conditioned over time to seek approval from others as well. Whenever we don't receive approval from someone who is not our parent, there is an automatic trigger and a desire to win it back. All right. So if this statement be true, if this statement be factual based on the psychology of thought and psychology of mind and the mind's processes, um, from the time we are children, we develop this, this innate, you know, conditioning to have approval by our parents, right? And when we start to fail other people, when people who are not our parents start to tell us that, you know, we're not good enough or we didn't get something right or we didn't do something right, we have this desire, like this automatic desire to to try to win that back, right? In order to start dismantling desires that are unhealthy or that are over the the top as far as our, our um balancing of those desires go we have to acknowledge the true emotions behind some of our childhood encounters um some of us began to feel like we weren't good enough even at like elementary age you know as elementary age age children as a person who has worked in the school system I watch every single day kids be rejected by other groups of people I watch like clicks of people who you know start to click around other individuals but then don't click with other individuals and this is a practice that literally has gone on throughout the ages um you know we've seen it in person we've seen it on tv we've seen it reflected and displayed everywhere and I know that it seems kind of um 
you know, minute, I guess, to go back and start to really, really think about these things. But really, some of these encounters are the very things that cause us to have these needs for approval. All right. But when we're met with ridicule and rejection, it can undermine our view of ourselves. And so what happens is when we start to feel those rejections from the onset of our, our childhood, even up to now, even in the workplace, right? Have you ever like been the person who um, was in the midst of a project or trying to do a task and something didn't go well? You may have gotten a, a bad review from your boss. Maybe your coworkers kind of talked about what are you doing? We start to internalize these things because we don't want to look as if, you know, we are number one affected by people's approval or disapproval of us. But number two, we don't want to seem as if we are the manifestation of whatever they may think we are, whether they think we're failures, whether they think we're not good enough. And so what happens is we automatically start to internalize those feelings and that kind of negative feedback. And so we begin at that point to start doubting our personal worth. And this is what threatens the sense of security in our lives and disrupt our inner peace with ourselves and our inner thoughts about ourselves. Because the minute somebody tells us what we are not or what we cannot do, we start to look at ourselves and actually begin to acknowledge or accept those things as if they are our reality. A lot of times the downfall for us is allowing other people to framework our understanding of ourselves I heard Bishop Jake say something at Woman Without Loose that was so powerful that you ought to never allow people's criticism of you to become your reality about yourself meaning you can only be defined by the purpose that your creator has for you and that purpose can only be defined in God so if people don't understand your assignment your anointing your power your authority or who you are your presence it's it's not designed to be defined by people. Only the person who created you can define who you are. And the problem that I have is that a lot of times we look for our definition in other people when the reality is we can only find the definition of who we are in the God that created us. So what's important at this place in life is being able to manage the desire for approval because like anything, too much of something can become a hindrance. While some desire for approval can in fact be motivating because we can allow our our rejection uh, and disapproval from other people to motivate us to do things better, to become better, to try harder, to make better marks, you know, to, to kind of set goals for ourselves too much of anything can become crippling. And it is in this moment that I want you to understand this, that if you are listening to this podcast, it's just me, you, and some healing. It's nobody else. It's not the people who told you what you couldn't be. It's not the people who told you what you wouldn't be. It's not even your parents. It's okay to admit if this is you. If you are listening to this podcast and you hear yourself somewhere in here, it's okay to admit that this is you. Because in order to heal, you have to begin to face the things that you find yourself dealing with my father used to tell me all the time Marissa if you can face it God can fix it if you cannot face it you cannot fix it if you cannot admit to it then you cannot find healing from it and so if you are listening to this podcast here is your friend in your head sitting here telling you listen it's okay if this is you if you're the person who finds yourself wishing that someone would just say yes you are the person I love you I love you for who you are 
nothing that you do can dissuade me or discredit me from believing in what you are. I mean, if you're that person and you just feel this constant need for somebody in your life, no matter if there's somebody that's on your level, somebody that's above your level, somebody who you never met in your life, but you just, you have a dis innate desire to win their approval, it's okay because there is a way to heal. First of all, you have to understand that approval seeking can hold you back from your true self, right? The person that you admire the most in life has only become their true self and can only become their true self by going through these very same steps and this very same process, which means this, that if they are authentically their true selves, there was a time in their life where they had to break the emotions that were wrapped up in approval seeking from other people to be able to chart their own path to be who it is that they truly were and if that's the case the very approval that you're seeking from that person can be found in following the footsteps that they had to take to find their true self so when it is that you decide that enough is enough because let me tell you change starts with interpersonal decision making there is nobody in this planet not your mama not your best friend not this podcast not no pre there's nobody in this world that can convince you when it's time to change but you you have to make up in your mind when you want to be healed and when you want change from certain things and certain emotions, certain aspects of life. When you decide that you want to be your best self, then you have to accept some things about being an approval seeker. All right. You have to acknowledge some things. You have to acknowledge that you yourself may very well be the hindrance to your own harmony. Hmm, that's deep because what that means is that you're looking for a piece that you are withholding from yourself by being an approval seeker. You are looking for a inner peace an inner harmony, a inner self understanding that will never be achieved if you're constantly ex looking or expecting people to approve who you are I say this all the time stop waiting for people to approve what God has already ordained if God has given you a vision if God has built something in you if God has shown you a purpose and you want to begin to manifest that purpose if nobody gets on board with who you are or who you say you are or who you say you want to be you still have a God a creator the person who defines your purpose too sad Spy. And at the end of the day, you have to stop waiting for people to approve what God has already ordained because it's when you start walking in your God ordained purpose that you begin to maximize your self awareness, your self peace, and your self understanding. All right. You may very well be negatively impacting your own self. You might be holding your own self back. You might be the very reason why you have not leveled up. You might be the very reason why that business deal and that business idea has not come out of you because when you are an approval seeker, you start to feel anxious about trying new things outside of your comfort zone. When you are an approval seeker, you get stuck. Because you start worrying about what others might expect from you and what others might think of you. And you get stuck wondering if people are going to like your idea or if you are going to be good enough. And at the end of the day, if you're constantly trying to micromanage yourself about who you are, you're going to always step up in, and you're going to step misstep because you're going to always find yourself looking to please people. 
needing approval may very well lead you to reject the opportunities that you have because you may be too anxious to believe your performance in it. Meaning a lot of times you feel like you have to be so perfect that you won't even do stuff. It causes you to fear failing even before you try. And that's what the enemy does. He's cunning. I say that all the time. He's like a roaring lion, right? That's what the Bible says. Seeking whom he may devour. The enemy does not want to take anything from you because he cannot take anything from you. What the enemy wants to do is frustrate you so much that you forfeit yourself before you have a chance to figure out who you are in God. And so you have to begin to find yourself dismantling this need for self-approval. I mean, not self-approval from approval from others being approval seeking um, because you have to start to dismantle that spirit of fear that holds you back from being who you truly are. All right. You have to release yourself from the yes of others because the minute you release yourself from the yes of others that's the only way and the only time that you can leave room to chart your own path right when I stop worrying about the way other people are doing things and the way other people see things and the way other people um, feel like things ought to be that's when I start to realize it's okay to chart my own path and that's the minute really that people found me I think most effective when I started recognizing and letting down my walls from feeling like I had to do everything a certain way I remember when I first kind of got I guess I don't know whatever y'all want to call it um out there I guess in ministry or when I started kind of doing this ministry thing I remember people saying that oh you gotta go get this degree go get this degree go get this degree and that's what it's gonna be it took me seven years after my graduation. I'm sorry, no, 10 years after my graduation. I graduated um, high school in 2007. I didn't graduate college until 2017. I remember feeling like an absolute failure, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get a degree. I'm never going to whatever. But it wasn't until I started accepting my own story that people started finding healing for themselves. I remember people writing me like I was 23 when I went back to school. And I remember people writing me like, oh, my God, you're so inspiring. I decided to go back to school. I decided to do the standard third because it wasn't until I stopped seeking what other people told me was my my path. And realizing that God kind of had his own path for me, not kind of, but God has his own path for me, that's when I really, really started to hone in on understanding that it's really never too late to do what you should have done. And I began to chart my own path, right? People said, oh, you got to go get your MDF after you graduate college. I didn't. I went to go get an MBA. I was just like... I ain't even interested in that. Like, I, you know, thank God for the the practicum and, and the theory behind um, theology and preaching and all of that. But at the time, I guess I was more focused on allowing my anointing to be so authentic that it wasn't curated by the what can come sometimes be a constricting environment of academia, right? So, you know, sometimes if you've ever been to seminary, you know that they are going to challenge your your thinking when it comes down to um, theology and understanding of who God is. And I guess I just wasn't ready to do that. Right. But I had to accept that God had my own path and it was okay to walk in my own path. You know, I remember one of my biggest prayers in life was I wanted to carry a child. I wanted <clears throat> to have a child and experience the joy of motherhood. When I experienced the joy of motherhood, I received a child from a person that I didn't even know. You know, at the end of the day, at the time I didn't know her, um, 
And her story was her story. And my story is my story. And now for two years, I've had the joy of experiencing absolute motherhood. And it is like the greatest thing that God has blessed me with. And that's because I stopped feeling like things had to be done this specific way. God's plan and path for me is God's plan and path for me. Just like God had to have a conversion experience with Saul on the road to Damascus, that was Saul's story. And that made Saul turned into Paul, one of the greatest, you know, preachers of, of his day. You know, um, David's story was David's story. Even if you look at the characters of the Bible, you realize that everybody has their own story. So here are some things that I've learned to, to do, and I'm going to give these to you, and I'm going to go. I've learned to stop listening to the critic in me, all right? Sometimes we are good critics to ourselves and sometimes we are the worst critics to ourselves sometimes we're actually mean to ourselves right where we just start to kind of tell ourselves just the worst things about us we point out the worst things about us because we start to again frame ourselves based on other people's responses to us and other people's criticism of us when the reality is you can only define yourself in the definition of who God created you to be. So when you start to deal with the criticizing yourself, only do it in the framework of who God has called you to be, right? So that means you have to be reading that word so that you can find that purpose, so that you can understand your plan, understand God's plan and path for you, and be able to define your path according to um, the, the faith you have in, in God to direct your path, right? So I had to stop, you know, being so hard on myself and stop listening to the critic in me at all times, right? Because I am my worst enemy and sometimes you can be your worst enemy. I had to surround myself with honest people, people who would just be real with me, people who could keep it 100. I'm not talking about like the yes people, right? Because the yes people are going to be the very reason that you fail. If you surround yourself with people who are always telling you yes, then there is something wrong because there is nobody to challenge your thinking, nobody to raise your understanding and nobody to help you with self-preservation in the sense of being able to learn from your mistakes, right? Because there's no accountability. So I had to surround myself with honest people. I had to stop believing the first and main point of rejection in my life, right? So when we start talking about that momentum that's found in going back to go forward, a lot of times we have to go back to that first point of rejection that that kind of thing that sticks out to us in our head because a lot of times we believe the disconnect or the dysfunction of what we were told in that moment and we allow it to condition conditionally excuse me travel with us through the years and, and we hold it and we internalize it and the reality is today you're gonna start something new now you have to let that go right you have to let that go you have to start to say say to yourself Number one, the person who said that about me does not have any authority to define me. That's the reality. You don't have the authority to define me. You do not have the authority to tell me who I am or who I'm going to be. So you have to stop believing um, that first point of that that kind of main rejection. But then you have to validate yourself, right? Um, I spent six years living in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I spent um, six years really kind of honing in on who Marissa was without everybody else around. Um, I went to Charlotte, no family, no friends, didn't know anybody down there until I joined my sorority, really got active in school. That's when I started to build lifelong relationships. But in that six years, I spent a lot of time validating myself, like taking myself out, 
learning who I was, realizing that Marissa is going to be Marissa with or without somebody because that helped me to stop looking for people. So if people showed up, I was still going to be Marissa. If people listened, I was still going to be Marissa. If people liked me, I was still going to be Marissa. If people didn't like me, I was still going to be Marissa. But I validated myself by loving myself first and putting myself first and being okay with being by myself. So that's a big thing, being okay being by yourself. But here's the last thing that I want to say. Take a break from social media, y'all. Social media is so deep and it's so defining for so many people. It is like the joy stealer. I think if, if it, you know, I think that social media constantly paints the good parts of people's lives and the highlights of people's lives. And, you know, social media literally is like a reel. It's just, you know, you kind of taking the, the, the good and showing it and showcasing it to the world when the reality is that, there's a lot of bad, a lot of ugly. There's a lot of hardships, a lot of hard days. I'm talking about some of your favorite people you like to follow, your favorite celebrities, your favorite preachers. All of them have gone through something that you do not see on social media and you never will see on social media. So literally just take a break from social media and stop um, allowing the positive portrait of everybody's got it together to dictate and define um who you are. So I don't have a lot of time today because I have 50 million other things to do. Um, but I wanted to kind of get those things out and just kind of give those things to you. Um, because I wanted to deal with this topic and I wanted to make sure that I spent this week, um, actually having a podcast. So listen, let's start something new now. Let's do something today that is going to encourage us, inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves and to really, really, um, spend the time defining ourselves according to the framework work of who God has called us to be. So this is your day. This is your moment. Don't wait till next week. Start something new now. This is the Heal Her series. I can't wait to meet you guys in the same place next week. Uh, hopefully I have a guest next week. Uh, but if not, don't worry. We'll find something very, very wonderful to talk about. But until then, I'm out of here. Love you guys. Bye.